0: you are listening to the critical mass radio show orange
1: county's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to ceos who are leading middle market companies with your host richard franzi
0: hello and welcome to critical mass business talk show i am your host rick franzi we're so excited to have you here this morning we have a great show because we have a great guest Zena Dalla. she's the founder of vertical line posture and ergonomics is our guest Zena, welcome to the show
1: thank you rick for having me i'm excited to be here
0: so you're an entrepreneur you've been in business for five years take us back what was your original motivation to start your business
1: oh great question honestly it's one simple word pain (laughs) so many people i know are in pain and so i have been in the fitness industry Um, for, you know, to over 20 years, but right away, I became one of those trainers and instructors that was really motivated to help people get out of pain. I was never that person that wanted to get people to lose 20, 30 pounds, although that's a very valuable skill to have. But for me, it was learning about how to get the body into functional movement and help people get out of the chronic pain. I mean, 80% of Americans get back pain at some point or another in their life. So that is my motivating factor. And that's what got me started.
0: So five years now, when did you truly believe the business that you created was going to thrive?
1: Mm, Yeah, great question. So I've been doing consumer one-on-one posture therapy and work with clients for a long time, but I've always felt like the true potential growth in a business like this is to try to capture a bigger market. And that market for me was going to be in the in the corporate realm. You know, I, I come from I've, I've worked in corporate settings before, back in my 20s. Um, I've always been interested and intrigued by the desk worker, the plight of people who sit for hours on end and stare at a computer. And so I've always wanted to get into corporate, but it's a it's a hard space to get into, to be honest with you. Um, but I got really, really lucky about a year and a half ago. You know, love Luck meets I don't know talent what is that phrase you put the two together and it, uh-huh. you know you get you get that opportunity and so I got very lucky in May of 2020 that um, I was introduced to um, a team lead over at Google hmm. who gave me the opportunity to do a sales presentation of the posture workshop that I had developed for corporations and I did one sales presentation and I haven't stopped working since. So um, I think at that point, I'd say May in 2020 is when I realized, okay, now I'm onto something. Now I can really take this lucky opportunity and take the the message that I wanna bring to the world and expand that into services that can service a lot of different kinds of people, especially the desk worker sitting at a desk for hours on end.
0: Interesting. So that's when you really saw the pivot to the thriving part of the business and the niche, the focus. But I'm sure over those five years, maybe before that or maybe after it, I don't know, the business has faced some type of a serious challenge, maybe an external threat. But was there a time over those five years where you felt the business might be at risk?
1: Yeah, I mean, when COVID hit, I think we all got a little scared, right? So right, so just two months earlier in March of 2020, I was doing one-on-one therapy. I'd had a couple corporate opportunities, but again, it wasn't, you know, what, the kind of work that we're doing now. And uh, But I was taking one-on-one clients. I was working in person. I was working partly in my home studio and then partly at a physical therapy clinic. And then suddenly we could no longer be face-to-face with people. And I had a couple digital clients, but, you know, Zoom was not as popular back then as it is now, as you right. know. I think the growth was a hundred times in that month of March 2020. So, um, so that was I got I got a little scary, you know. Got a little. Do I need to file for unemployment? Is this entrepreneur thing going to work? Do I need to find a job? But like I said, I got really blessed and lucky in that opportunity to work for Google, which is we you know, we still do this month alone over 15 workshops for Google teams. Um, has just really put that sort of um, adrenaline into the business, and then has allowed me to continue to pivot as a result of that.
0: So so let's talk about Vertical Line. What is it that your business and your firm does? What problems are you solving and how do you do it?
1: Yeah, great question. So we solve the problem of pain. So, I mean, I can give you lots of statistics on this. For every 100 people at a team, um, 15 of those people will take sick leave due to back pain. And five of those 15 people will not return to work within a month. I mean that's a staggering statistic. Think about the economics, the workers' comp claims as a result of that. So, um, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that do ergonomics mm-hmm. for corporations. Where they'll take a look at the desk space and they'll understand, you know, how to set that up properly. But there's not a lot that's also integrating the posture wellness and posture education. You can give somebody an ergonomic chair, but until you teach them how to utilize that ergonomic chair, then what's the point of it, right? So what we do is exactly that. We teach teach workshops in posture and the biomechanics around posture, how to get posture exercise into your day. And then we also teach people how to take that proper posture positioning and apply it to the workstation. We offer a desk exercise program to teach people how to get that posture exercise and movement into their workday, because at the end of the day, the reason why we're having these problems is because our bodies were just not meant to sit. I mean, we're gonna sit here for what, 20, 30 minutes? Technically, according to the research, we should be doing at least one stretch in that 30 minute period of time. And this is something that people don't know or realize is a really important part of helping to solve their pain. So that's what we do, is we hope to provide that education for companies
0: well, this is vitally important and it can be overlooked very easily by employers and even employees. So I, I have several different questions that your answer led me to want to ask you. So before we get there, I want to thank those who participated in the poll question <clears throat> that Zena and I put out earlier, I guess it was over the weekend, asking you specifically about your chair. And the reason why we picked the chair is on Zena's website, she has instructional videos where she talks and educates. And one of them that I was really taken by was one that she had done on an ergonomic chair that she has, I guess, maybe you're sitting on it now, but it it was uh, quite, quite <laughs> illuminating. So if you have some time, I would say go to her website, which she'll give you information on how to get there after the interview and watch some of those videos. So the question was, uh, is your chair an ergonomic chair or is it killing you? Mm -hmm. 40% said they love their chair. 60% of the people that responded, and there were several hundred people that have seen this poll so far, said their chair was killing them. So let's start there with the chair and how you have learned the value of the relationship between the person who has to sit in it and what the chair should be able to do for them. Were you surprised, first of all, Zina, by... 40% saying they love their chair, but 60% saying it's killing them?
1: Not at all. Nobody's sitting in the right chair, (laughs) especially with the pandemic, right? So... Um, When we went from working from office spaces to working from home, exclusively, a lot of people were stuck on couches, dining room chairs, Mm -hmm. you know, just situations that were not optimal. Now, I'm hoping after a year and a half, they've solved a lot of the problems. But again, oftentimes you have people scrolling through social media, getting ads for an ergonomic chair. I saw one the other day. I won't mention the retailer, but it was not a retailer that sells ergonomic equipment. It was a retailer that sells just random furniture that you would put decorative in your home. And. And they claim that their chair was ergonomic. Well, I looked at it and I was like, "This is the furthest thing from ergonomic." So let's dig in a little bit as to what that word means. So ergon actually means work, and nomics means law. So it's the law of working, and the laws behind working is that you should actually not be sitting in your chair for long periods of time. So that's problem number one, is that people think they can sit for eight hours in that chair and be okay. The reality is no. We need to make sure we take those breaks but specifically with the chair, it needs to be adjustable for your body positioning. I have an ergonomic eval coming up this week with someone who is four feet, 11 inches tall. Mm-hmm. That chair requirement is going to be very different from somebody who is six feet, four inches tall, right? The mm-hmm. length of our thighs, the, the way the feet hit the floor, and more importantly, how the lower back touches the chair is going to be different for those two, dif- those two different people. So what makes a chair truly ergonomic, truly able to work within your day is its adjustability and there's actually six different adjustment points on the chair, I'm not gonna go through all the details, as Rick said, you can you know, go look at the video, but at least your chair should be able to go up and down so that it can adjust for a good elbow position. It needs to have lumbar support that fits at your lumbar spine because we, we do have a natural curve at our lumbar and we need to maintain that curve and it can get fatiguing to hold yourself in that space for long periods of time. So you need to have something there to support you. And then you need to be able to have a back tilt adjustability. Oftentimes chairs tilt too far back. And when that happens, and if people are watching me on camera, we slouch, right? If our if our tilt of our chair is too far back, then the the tendency would be to sit and slouch forward because it's not supporting you properly. So having that ability to adjust that back so it supports you and the size that you're at is a critical piece of that. So So, yes, to answer your original question, I'm not surprised by that answer at all.
0: (laughs) Well, this is great. And I have a couple more follow-ups, but uh, let me ask you, because what I learned from just watching your video, the couple minutes that you took us through, sort of what you were just doing there, um, was the different ways the chair should meet your body or the bo- your body should meet the chair would people is it the proper indicator that you have the chair adjusted correctly if you can sit comfortably in it or is it more than just sitting in the chair and adjusting it so that you feel comfortable
1: it, de- it really depends uh, adjustment is point number 1 so when i'm doing an ergo assessment with a with a client the first thing i'm going to do is make sure they're sitting in it properly and that's i would say actually 75% of the time they're not they don't have their butt scooted all the way back they don't have the lumbar support in the rest the right place it's not adjusted at, at a proper height and maybe they're using armrests that are too high or too low for them so if we can first teach them how to sit in their chair which is what we do in our workshops is teach how to set up that chair that is a majority of the problem. But then there are times where the chair just isn't gonna work for that person. So like I mentioned that 411 client, that the seat pan for the chair that they are on is like 23 inches. Well, the length between the back of her glutes and the behind her knee when she's sitting is 19 inches. So she's never gonna get herself all the way up against the back of that chair, right? It's just not going to happen. So for this particular client, she's gonna have to get some new equipment. And that's the balance, um, especially if you're working with a corporate client is trying to mitigate costs by either you know what's going to be the problem here if she's never going to fit in this chair then it's probably going to be better for us to spend three or four hundred dollars on getting her on a chair that fits than the potential workers comp claim down the line from the pain she's going to endure sitting in a chair that doesn't work for her so hopefully that answers your question i would say majority of the time it's adjustment and if we're sitting in a dining room chair there are some home hacks we can take towels we can place them in the low back we can take a pillow support it in the upper back we can put books underneath the feet there are solutions to take a non-ergonomic chair and make it a little bit better but there are going to be times where you're just going to need to get new equipment
0: so we're talking with Xena Dalla and we're talking about her part, just a piece of her expertise, which is that thing that many of you maybe as you're watching or listening to this show or sitting on the all important relationship you have with your desk chair. And it was a good point that you brought in when people were forced to work from home, or maybe they choose to work from home. Now the chances that they have the type of investment in ergonomic equipment for many of them was probably pretty low. So these hacks that you're giving us are very important. As I mentioned uh, before the show started. In addition to having what I think is an ergonomic chair, I also have a stand-up desk. What's your view on those, using those in an office setting, home or at work?
1: Yeah, I know, great question. I love sit-stand desks for multiple reasons. So first of all, we talked about the height of a chair, right? So, and the height of a person. So for your, I don't know if you know this statistic too, I I didn't mention this earlier, but women tend to suffer more from musculoskeletal disorders as a result of poor ergonomics than men. And the reason that is, is because of height. So your average woman is going to be slightly shorter. This is again, averages, okay? Not trying to be, you know, uh, biased here, but this is based on true averages. So the woman tends to be shorter and the average desk height of a non sit stand desk is 29 inches. And that can often be too high for your average woman. So one of the problems that a sit stand desk will solve is height adjustability on the desk, you can lower that desk down a little bit lower, because they tend to go from 23 inches up to, you know, much higher than 29 inches, because you're accommodating a standing position. So that's, that solves problem number one. Problem number two is immobility. So I mentioned you can have the best chair in the world, but if you sit on it for eight hours a day, you're probably still gonna be in pain because our bodies were not meant to do this. We were meant to hunt and gather, push and pull and run and squat and hike, all, all those things. We were not meant to sit all day long. So the sit-stand desk does solve that problem of immobility where it adds that element to stand up and sit down and take those changes on those breaks in the day. However, If you have poor posture and you slouch or your pelvis is in the wrong position or your your feet aren't strong, your feet are turned out, all the different other postural issues that somebody can have, doing that in a standing position isn't necessarily going to be good for you for long periods of time. So you still need to work on postural positioning, getting shoulders back, improving the strength back there, taking those posture breaks because you can stand in poor posture right so Uh so i like standing desks for the element of adding mobility but it is in short sequences if you should stand up 30 40 50 minutes sit back down again stand up 30 40 minutes sit back down again and take those posture exercise breaks improve your posture so that when you are standing you're standing properly
0: what about people who have um you know, the stationary bike pedals that they have at their desk, or maybe something when they're standing that allows them to get a little bit of movement. What's your recommendation for those devices?
1: Yeah, great question. There's not a lot of research on that yet. So it's Mm -hmm. hard to give you the numbers research-wise on that. However, um, yes, great for adding mobility to the day, but the anecdotal evidence has come back to say that it is really hard for people to effectively walk on a treadmill and type at the same time. I mean, that gets like rubbing your head and patting your belly at the same time, (laughs) right? Um, However, so again, short sequences. So the research does show us that standing for 30 minutes, longer than 30 minutes can actually create more discomfort, probably because we're not standing in good postural positioning, right? So say I would use the same rule that if you're going to use a treadmill desk or elliptical on your desk, no more than 30 minutes. Let's keep it to that sort of recommendation of short little stints, you know, not being on a treadmill desk all day long. But yeah, if you want, if you're watching, let's say someone sitting and watching this and they have a treadmill desk, then they can watch this on their treadmill desk and get a little movement in But then when they're actually doing the concentrated work, it's probably best to be in a sitting or standing stationary position. Again, that's anecdotal, not based on research. Just what I believe from what I can see and what I don't have one myself, but from what I've heard and what I've read from people who do have one.
0: So Zena, I've taken her on a journey of of answering questions that, frankly, we didn't fully talk about, just demonstrates how knowledgeable in this area she is. And one of the really the ah ahas for me is the name of your company is also what you do, which is it's not just ergonomics that's important, but it's your physical posture and awareness of how you're sitting, standing that can really aid in the whole picture of being healthy while you're at work. Spending that time—that's beautiful.
1: Yeah, you nailed it. Thanks. <laughs> um, that's exactly right. There's a lot of companies, like I said, handling the ergonomics, handling the equipment, but not a lot are also dealing with the body positioning and the body posture. And if we're really going to service a hybrid work situation moving forward, we need to be paying attention to what do what do workstation setups look like, what do in-office workstations look like, and. I mean, these epidemics are not getting any better. So clearly we're missing, there's a missing link here. So I'm hoping to provide that missing link, which is to change the culture of the workspace. So that doing posture exercise, taking breaks, taking stretching breaks at your desk is normal, that you can walk around in, in office space and you might see somebody doing some elbow curls if anyone's watching me, which is a great upper body strengthening or doing some lower back movements or doing a stretch for the chest. If I could change that culture Culture, then I have met my mission in life, (laughs) and I know that's the harder thing to change. It's one thing to bring the education to the company; it's another thing to change the culture of a company. So, you know, it's baby steps. We'll get there.
0: (laughs) Yes, but talking to CEOs and business owners who are the audience that we program for. On one side, you could spend the money to get the right ergonomics into your workspace. But if you also don't do the time to educate the people on their posture, you may not see the type of advantage or gain that you were hoping to get from that investment, which is a healthy workforce that's able to be productive and enjoys kind of being in your office, whether it's at home or at work. So I think those two are really vitally important to get the maximum return on your investment.
1: Yeah, people feel better when they move. Because remember, we were we were moving, we were meant and designed to be moving human beings. We survey the participants that do our um, workshop, our posture, pain, and productivity workshop. And um, it's either, forgive me, it's either 94 or 96%, I get a little confused there, but a large number. Um, check off the box to say that they felt better at the end of the workshop than they did walking into the workshop. So those are pretty that's a pretty significant number, right? And so that tells you just and at that, you know, with a workshop like that, we're not targeting specific people's posture. I'm not doing (laughs) positive therapy, but I'm giving them the basics. Let's warm up the scapula, let's stretch the chest, let's get the pelvis moving, let's engage the backside of the body, let's wake up those sleepy muscles. And if 96% of the people feel better afterwards, then you know that we can really Help a lot of people, and that's
0: that's the mission, and that's the goal. Okay, Zena, let's uh, change our focus, and thank you for that. If you've enjoyed the level of detail that Zena has explained the answers to my questions with, I encourage you, when the interview's over, visit her website. There's much more information that she presents there, which I I love that that there's so much richness on your website. But let's talk about tomorrow or the mm-hmm. future. What's the vision, Zena, for your firm going forward?
1: Yeah, so we would love to focus on sort of that mid, small to mid tier company. Yes, we have Google as a client. We love it. But we, you know, we, we really want to focus more on the companies that have not yet brought this kind of education to their employees. So our goal is to provide not only regular ergonomic education, so workshops to companies on a regular basis. Anytime you onboard an employee, we're going to get them into a room and we're going to teach them how to set up their workstation at home and how to set up their workstation at the office, as well as provide that posture exercise. So classes on a regular basis, let's get together virtually, let's teach you how to do these exercises throughout your workday and change that culture. So we are, you know, we provide ergonomics evaluations, we do ergo workshop, we have a posture workshop, and we have a desk exercise program, and we it, we provide live um, desk exercise classes. So we just want to continue grow in that arena and continue to bring this education, both posture and ergonomics to the workforce. I mean, that is the vision. So hopefully continued growth in 2022. That's, that's the vision.
0: This seems like such a natural part of a wellness program that companies mm-hmm. would have for their employees. You know, nutrition, exercise, all those things that we invest in educating our workforce. This one sort of seems to fly under the radar until you think about it. Mm-hmm. This could be as in, I would think this could be impact, as impactful on employees' wellness as any of the other programs that are currently being offered by companies to keep their employees healthy.
1: Yeah, well, as we transition. So again, I think you mentioned that there's a lot of companies are not returning to work, right? Right. So the money that was spent on having healthy lunches or having in-person lunch and learns could shift to a program like this, right? So you can't provide healthy lunches in the work, work in the lunchroom, but we can provide posture and ergonomic education so that they're set up properly in their home. And something like an onsite yoga class or onsite fitness classes, again, this translates better and it really actually is can, can be more effective. There's a lot of people where a yoga class or a weight training class isn't gonna be accessible for them. Maybe they're not strong enough, maybe they have an injury, but the work that we do is simple, effective exercises throughout the day. And as I said, we've already seen the numbers. We can show you the research that shows that that kind of movement throughout the day really is not only helpful, but relatively required. <laughs> so you know, I see that I my goal is to b- provide programs that are short and effective. Truly. Okay, exactly. Like and you saw my videos, right? Three yeah. minutes, four minutes. I don't do 12, 13 minute <laughs> videos because who has time to watch a 12 or 13 minute video on how to adjust your chair. So we're trying to provide the services that really meet the need of the workforce we have right now in this moment in 2021 leading into 2022.
0: Okay, Zena, if someone would like to connect with you on LinkedIn or learn about your firm online, how do they do those two things?
1: Sure. So as you said, the website's pretty comprehensive. So verticaline.com is the website. There's a way to book a, you know, book a call with us so that we can find out about your company. We also do one-on-one posture therapy as well. So for individuals that are listening and think to themselves, wow, I need to work on my posture, we do do one on one sessions where we'll meet with you and design programs for you. And then on LinkedIn, you can find me at Zina Dalla, you can find me at Verticline. same thing with Facebook. And then I'd say my biggest following is on Instagram. So we post a lot of videos there, um, exercise videos, ergonomics, um, testimonials on equipment. So if you're looking for a vertical mouse, or you're looking for like, what is a vertical mouse? <laughs> we have that on Instagram videos on that. Why is a vertical mouse useful? My favorite tool. And, um, so we have all that on Instagram, lots of videos there as well as on YouTube. So Instagram it's at Zenadala and YouTube it's vertical so between well, the two, you. you'll find it all.
0: Well, this has <laughs> been a days. kick in the pants. You, you, you've taken us on a tour de force through just some questions that I thought were interesting and, and you gave substantive answers. So I've really enjoyed getting to understand what you do for people and getting to know who you are as a person too. So thank you for being a friend of the program and the guest today.
1: Well, thank you, Rick. And I. hopefully you'll get some posture exercise into your day today.
0: That's, that's the plan. <laughs> you've inspired me. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Thank I you. Lo-
0: I'd like to thank Gottlieb, Brackman, and Reisman, who proudly supported this edition of Critical Mass Business Talk Show. GRRPC provides legal advice and guidance for all aspects of intellectual property law, including patents, trademarks, and copyrights. To learn more, visit their website, grr.com. I'd like to thank you, either those that are listening to us live on one of our platforms today that we're streaming, or maybe as a podcast later on. This is Orange County's longest running business talk show. Zena's episode was episode number 1,324. If we're not connected on LinkedIn, reach out to me. I would love to connect with you. I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And that is my website, rickfranzi.com. And until the next time we have a chance to meet and be together, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction.